Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go! Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 39 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Laura Silverman, the brains and beauty behind the Sobriety Collective. We talk all about Laura's journey through recovery, how she got here, and how the Sobriety Collective came to be. We also talk about her collaborations and events with Sands Bar and a lot of exciting things on the horizon. So let's get into it. Okay, guys, this is your less than two week warning that Mother's Day is upon us. If you have not gotten your mom or special lady in your life a gift yet, fear not, I have you covered. Osea Malibu is the best plant-based seaweed skincare I have come across this far. And I got you covered with a little G with P. That's gift with purchase, my friend. If you use promo code ASOBERGIRL at checkout, you will get a free travel size product with your purchase. How fun is that? Now you can choose to give this to your mom or lady in your life or keep it for yourself. You deserve it. Head on over to oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-M-A-L-I-B-U.com. Osea Malibu. Laura! Oh my gosh. Yes. So, so excited to talk to you. Yay! <laughs> me too. This is, What's by the way, on? a huge honor for me. I'm such a big fan of yours. Like, I fangirled a little bit, so I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm really excited to be here. I know. Oh my God. You're so cute. <laughs> um, what's going on? What, like, tell me what's, yeah. what's up? Well, hmm, a lot, <laughs> sort of a lot. Um, yeah. like right now, this moment or like sort of this figurative moment. Um, cause I can tell you both. Yeah. Both. Yeah. So give it, give um, it all to me. I'm totally going to tell you that 
literally right now I'm sitting on my Ikea chair, excited about this chat. And figuratively, this Saturday is kind of the culmination of a ton of things that I've been working on. Um, I'm pretty good buddies with Chris Marshall of Sands Bar out in Austin. And um, since January, he's been doing this um, pop-up tour where he goes to different cities, some of them like really big places like um, New York. And he's got an L.A. Uh, thing coming up next month in DC and then like some smaller cities like Anchorage, Alaska. And they went, Ooh. you know, they went to Portland recently, but the Saturday is Sands Bar DC, um, on May Ooh. 4th. And I have been like the person planning it all. And, um, we got some like press yesterday from one of like the big local, like local newspapers. And so, um, I'm really excited. I'm also just like, a little stressed because event planning is not super easy, but it w- yeah. what's really cool about it is that like we are starting to, and I'm going to use some like alcohol puns because this is just how I roll, but like we <laughs> are starting to see like a culture of like um, a holistic health culture of alcohol free beverage connoisseurs brewing. And like mm. we're, we're tapping into that. Oh yeah. What other puns can okay. I do? Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, like there's, there's just starting to be more and more buzz about yeah. it. Um, yeah. and yeah, I'm just really excited to help. Um, I'm not creating anything per se. I'm just helping to sort of unify the little pockets of things that have been going on. And, um, okay. so I'm really, really excited about that. And what's, what's super cool about, about like planning this whole thing is that, um, with the sobriety collective, which is kind of how you know me, um, mm-hmm. at least from my Instagram, that's more of like a digital community. And I've been wanting to do like in-person community things for a long time. I do a lot of the She Recovers events as an attendee. And I love that, um, there's like this sense of empowerment and unity and like authentic connection and friendship. Um, and then just like, you know, the quote unquote sober influencers, like, being all excited to be around each other. And, um, but you know, with, with my own thing that I have going on, like it's more of like a digital Mm -hmm. space for people to get together. And so I'm really excited about getting like real life humans in a spot and like trying out like different, um, booze free beverages and like meeting each other and getting to dance to like a sober DJ and, um, tarot card readings and so it's just it's like really exciting and i'm yeah. also gonna sleep in sleep in so hard on sunday <laughs> like, yes it's behind me so those yeah, are like yeah. some things that have been going on just uh like that's kind of been what i've been doing planning wise cool. for the past couple of months and um i don't think I mean, anything's possible like i don't think we're gonna sell out but we are close to 50 tickets sold which is pretty pretty big deal when you're basically the PR person as well as the planner, as well as the everything. So yeah. Yeah. That's, and I mean, that's kind of an interesting culmination of a lot of things, including the fact that many moons ago, I didn't think that anybody in their right mind could have fun and party and do like amazing things without drinking. And so I think that's kind of a testament to how far I've come as a person and sort of where culture is going, where people are starting to see like, 
you don't need alcohol to connect with other people. And it might be a little more awkward at first because there's like, it's just like people being people, but in the end it's going to, it's going to create better connection and better relationships. 100%. Um, On that note, I want to hear your, your recovery journey. I want to hear how, you know, you kind of started on this path. You take us back to to day one. Oh yes. (laughs) Well, I'll try. Yeah. So um, the very, very, very short version of a much longer story is that the reason I got into drinking in college was sort of twofold. One, I wanted to have a bit of a rebellious streak. And two, I wanted to shed the identity that I had growing up, which was this nerdy, dorky, bullied girl um Mm. very shy and insecure and I had started to have like panic disorder brewing in me that I didn't know that there was like a name for it but I knew I was getting these anxiety attacks pretty regularly and so and what um, what would that look like how would that manifest for you um well I'm about to get really TMI but like whenever anyone gets nervous like their bladder is sort of activated and I would sort of Mm -hmm. have that feeling like kind of all the time because I was just so hyper anxious. Um, and my panic attacks made me skip class and assemblies and not go out on social gatherings because I was just, then you start to get anxiety about anxiety, which is a fucking thing. Um, and so that was kind of like, you know, I had a great childhood in the, in the sense of like, I grew up with an amazing family and I had a lot of wonderful opportunities and experiences, but in terms of like my own mental health challenges that I didn't know how to describe coupled with the fact that socially I wasn't blending in very well with people. I wasn't, I was, I was a target for just an easy target for bullying. So there was like, there were those two factors going on and it made, it made drinking in college, like it just kind of filled the void that I didn't know that I had, but I knew I had it once it was, you know, filled with alcohol, so to speak. So, um, so I started drinking when I was 18, basically, like I tried it a couple times before and I'm like, wee, this is great. But I didn't really like carry on much in high school. I just did my own thing, pretty much stayed sober the whole time. And then in college, it's, it started to be like fun and then like fun with problems and then just problems. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I drank for six years total. And of course, not every time that I drank, did I have negative consequences or really, really terrible consequences, but, um, Mm -hmm. I was starting to blackout and brownout. So brownout first and then there were nights that I just like whole nights that I didn't remember. And wait, what um, does things... brownout mean? I am so not brown familiar outs, with browning. Yeah. They're kind of like coming in and out of consciousness. Like what I think of okay. as a blackout and what Sarah Heppola talks about in her book is just like hours and hours and hours gone. Like you, you appear lucid to other people, but Okay. You don't remember a single thing. With brownouts, it's sort of like coming right. in and out of that. Like there are pockets of the night that you can remember certain things here, certain things there. But then there uh-huh. might be like an hour that's gone or whatever. So interesting. And I don't know if that's a technical term, but I've 
Like I, I think I've read it. Somewhere. It is now. So makes, yeah. <laughs> you if you said it on this podcast, yeah. yeah. If you said that on this podcast, guess what? It's technical now. Facts. <laughs> facts. As the kids are saying that, facts. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, and I just learned that today, by the way, because I don't hang out usually with teenagers, but I work in a like I work in a place that has younger people, and so I'm starting to yeah. learn more. Slang. I feel lingo. kind of like my parents. Yeah. When I'm finally yeah. catching on to something, it's completely like not cool anymore to say like lit. They're like, yeah, that's oh. so a year ago. <laughs> right. But, um, yeah, oh so I would, I would have, I'm super ADD too. Sorry. sorry, not sorry. But yeah, I would start and have brownouts and then blackouts, um, you know, vomiting and being disgusting and then being, you know, the person that had to be babysat and, mm-hmm. um, and then just like getting into risky, sexual situations and um not being accountable for my own actions was kind of just like the theme of my drinking like i just expected that other people would take care of me and um oh. and yeah and so i was a binge drinker on the weekends that's how i operated i didn't have to drink during the week to function and okay. um i certainly wasn't what someone would call a functioning alcoholic or a functioning drinker. I had, um, what's sort of called, I guess, gray area drinking for a while. Like I thought about like, mm-hmm. my, am I drinking too much? No, I'm good. Like I'm everyone else. Like, do I have a problem? I don't know. Like I haven't lost anything. So like I was definitely contemplating right. on and off. Um, and then I had my first hospitalization for alcohol poisoning, um, the fall after I graduated from college. And, um, oh. That was a big wake up call because I don't remember being hospitalized, of course. Um, but I oh, do no. remember like, yeah, I mean, I can't, I sort of came to, and I don't even remember. I really, it's, it's very kind of traumatic to think about because I don't really remember like how I got back to where I was supposed to be staying. And like, it was just very messy. Um, I do remember calling my best friend who I lived with at the time, you know, in the DC area. And I said what I remembered and what I was told. And I said, I, I want to come home. And, um, and she, she drove from DC to Charlottesville, which is where I was at the time to pick Mm -hmm. me up and then take me back. And I mean, like that was just pure love because I remember just feeling like such a like a shameful mess and like a shit show and very unlovable. And why would, you know, why does this happen to me and not other people? And Mm -hmm. I think that was sort of like what planted the seed that I might have an issue, but that did not stop me yet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I had a little bit more time to go. And so, so because I didn't make like a commitment to sobriety and I didn't, and I wasn't plugged in with any sort of tools or communities yet. um, Mm -hmm. And because I was also at the time 22, I was just too young in my mind to stop. And I certainly couldn't fathom life without alcohol, without drinking. It was the social enabler. So, so I, you know, I stopped for a little bit and the hospitalization and the bills associated with that definitely scared me off for a while. But because again, I didn't have a plan really, I kind of went sort of back to drinking kind of slowly, but surely ramped my way back up to where I was before. And then it got worse. Um, Mm -hmm. because, and I don't consider myself an alcoholic or recovering alcoholic. That's not what I call myself, but I do know that alcoholism and substance use disorder 
are progressive diseases and they tend to get worse as time goes on. Um, tolerance builds up. You need more, you know, to get you to where you were before. So, um, my sort of, um, I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies. Made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally, and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. I don't, I don't even know how to put it. Like, I don't want to call it my disease, but like the, the progression that I was on was, was mm-hmm. getting worse, even if I wasn't drinking every day. And so this leads me to sort of the point that started my recovery journey, which was, um, on July 13th, 2007, I went to a concert. This was <laughs> the first hospitalization took place after a concert and the second hospitalization did too. Um, okay. We were talking, we were talking about New York before we started recording and I was in New York city for the first time in my life. And, um, I went to a concert at Madison square garden and I hadn't had really anything to eat or drink like, uh, hydration wise anyway. Um, most of that day. And I just, we were, we were drinking like airplane bottles of, um, liquor on the bus from DC to New York and then just continued pre-gaming, 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 and then at the concert right. drinking more. So this was at the point where like I, I got the drunkest I've ever been in, in my entire life. Don't remember really much of anything. And I came to in a hospital like seven hours later, wondering oh, what the Jesus. hell just happened. I didn't have yeah. my purse with me. I didn't have my shoes with me. I didn't have the quote unquote friends that I had originally gone to the show with. And mm-hmm. um in 2007, or really any time now, you don't really remember cell phone numbers too much or phone numbers in, in general. So I felt really all. stranded. Yeah, like I didn't yeah. know who to call or my parents had just moved back from living overseas. So I didn't have their cell phone numbers memorized. And anyway, suffice it to say, um, it, I got reconnected with my cousin who I was supposed to stay with. And sort of the miracle moment was that my purse wasn't stolen. It had been turned into a security guard at the venue. And okay. I was able to be reunited with it the following day after learning that the security guard had like gone through my phone and like started calling recent numbers, which included my mom and my cousin. And then that lit up the whole Silverman oh, family shit. phone tree. <laughs> yes. yes. It was a bit, it was a big oh shit moment. And I think that's what really yeah. sort of changed things for me because I knew I was hurting myself. And of course I wasn't proud of that and I wanted to change. But when I realized I was really hurting and affecting my family and it was bigger than just me, it was beyond me. Mm -hmm. That really like something about that whole situation just kind of like shook me to my core. And the fact that like, I still had my stuff, my money, my phone, my bus ticket back home because it was like paper ticket days. Um, Yeah. yeah. It, It was like, so so my cousin, she's like, I'm not leaving you at my apartment. Like, I'm just worried about you, but I didn't want to go anywhere. I was having panic attacks. 
she's like, look, you can drink tonight. You know, I'm not going to tell your parents, but just kind of like keep it together. And, and what I said, and I will never, honestly, never forget this. This was July 14th. I said, I never want to drink again. I never want to drink again. And, um, I don't know about you, but I had said that many times before. Uh, (laughs) Oh, I said that so many times before. Just a few thousand. Yeah. I was like, Oh God, I'm never doing that again. Like I'm like hangovers were misery. Um, Yes. I meant it. Like, I, I don't know if I meant that I was going to stay sober for the rest of my life at that particular moment, because that seemed like kind of a scary prospect, the word forever. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I also knew that I never wanted to feel the guilt, the shame, the remorse, like the fear. I was really scared of what could have happened. Um, mm-hmm. And I also just like, besides the feelings that like crippling hangovers bring, um, is like the fact that you're wrecking your body too. And you're wrecking like everything inside. So I, mm-hmm. I just, I think part of me like really meant it when I said I never want to drink again. And I had my bus ticket. So I went back home the next day and I called off from work for a few days. I was like, just out of my mind, like crawling out of my skin. I had no idea what to do. Um, mm-hmm. but I did know that I had health insurance and it wasn't the best, but there was, um, a number on the back of my card for like a substance use and mental health services. Um, and I called it and I kind of explained what happened and what had been happening. They said, why don't you come in and meet with a counselor? Um, you know, don't have to make any promises, just come in and meet. And I did. Yeah. And we went through the checklist, like the, are you an alcoholic checklist? And oh, gosh. I mean, regardless of what I wanted to call myself or not, like I was kind yeah. of answering yes to a lot of them. But I was still in denial about the fact that I might have had a problem um, right. because I was a binge drinker and I just drank on the weekends. So like, and I didn't call it and binge drinking because I didn't even. It. Yeah. And that was the big thing. Everyone else did it. So how was I any right. different? Oh, well, I was getting into a, a lot of like negative consequences and I wasn't living their lives. I only knew that, you know, right. my experience was especially sucky, but I was also too young to have a problem, too young to stop, right? That That's what I was right. thinking. So so she was like, look, and she wasn't much older than me. She was probably only like six years older than me. She said, I can't tell you to do anything. I can tell you you'd be a good candidate for my um, intensive outpatient program that I run for five weeks. Um, mm-hmm. But it's in the end, the decision's up to you. And I think, you know, the best decision that I ever made was saying yes, even though I didn't feel ready. I said yes. And I started that and I did five weeks of this program and it was coupled with 15 hours of Alcoholics Anonymous. So I had to go there. Um, Okay. And uh, I just, there's something that clicked for me, not in 12 steps, but in in like my intensive outpatient program, it just like, it clicked for me learning about like what it is that I was doing. But more than that, it was just like, I was starting to accumulate some like sobriety time without mm-hmm. drinking. We would get breathalyzed at every single session. That was fun. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm laughing about it now, but like yeah. there were a lot of people in my, in my cohort, as I would call it, that were they were court mandated. So like they had to be there, but they didn't want to be there. I signed myself up. So a lot of people were blowing positives a lot. And um, we had to recite our sobriety date or whatever we considered our sobriety date at the beginning of every like quote unquote class. And um, 
mine would stay the same, but a lot of people's would start changing because they're like, I went to a barbecue and I just couldn't say no and this and that. Um, and I had temptation all around me, of course, but, um, I also knew that I had kind of skated by for a while, like doing a lot of things that have killed other people before many times. And I got lucky time and time again. And I was like, I don't want to, like, I can't chance it again. Like, I don't know if I'm going to have another chance. And so that was sort of without really knowing it at the time and being able to like put language on it because hindsight is always 2020. I think I realized, you know, after some time passed that like I got lucky and I used mm-hmm. my luck coupled with like the opportunity of having treatment and, um, you know, and just like I kind of built it from there and I had, excuse me, I had only had just turned 24 a couple months before that. So I Mm -hmm. felt like way too young to be sober and like, oh my gosh, social life in that first six months to like a year was rough. It was rough going. Like I didn't, (laughs) Ooh, I mean, I just, what was it? it, I didn't really have one (laughs) Um, because back then so back then, um, I'm like, when I was your age, <laughs> but, <laughs> way but in back 2000, when. way back when I yeah. couldn't get off my own lawn, um, <laughs> 2007 was still kind of like web 1.0, yeah. maybe like, yeah, it was still, the internet was still like, not where it was, you know, even a few years after that, but so there really weren't blogs or podcasts or like online communities that like had real life community stuff. So like there just wasn't a whole lot that I could tap into. There was AA and then there was, you know, like my friends that I had already. And I had a couple of like really, really solid, good girlfriends um, yeah. that were understanding and even cut back on their own drinking and wouldn't drink around me. They would, they were really, really understanding and supportive and my family too. But then I also had a lot of um, what I later realized were drinking buddies only. And they either like cut me off because I was boring and, Mm -hmm. you know, no fun anymore. Or I actively cut ties with toxic people. I was like, I cannot hang out with you anymore. Some people I did give explanations to and other people I just was like, delete, block, like I have to do this for my own safety and health. Um, Hold on. Right. So. Yeah, in the beginning, I really didn't have much of a social life. But if I did go anywhere, um, I would go somewhere where I had a close friend who kind of knew what was going on with me so that, you mm-hmm. know, I wasn't worried about me drinking, but I wanted them to know that, like, I was still fresh with my sobriety and I needed some, like, safe, like, some support, some emotional yeah. support. And then how long, time, how long did that last for? Yeah. That whole like being delicate and fresh, yeah. Um, and You're again, like, I think till it, April twenty eighth. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, no, because like the funny thing, I'm like kind of laughing about it now, but um, I think it was also because I was so young. So I was, yeah, I was young, and I had stunted some of my own growth because I was drinking for the past six years. So I really didn't feel like I was twenty four. And I was newly sober. So I think it probably took, you know, a good solid six months 
to a year before I started feeling much more comfortable in social situations without alcohol, probably a year, to be honest. Because at that point, like I was like, I've got a year of sobriety. I'm 25. Like I feel more like an, a quote unquote adult, even though I still don't feel like an adult now. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting that you say that, like, it's interesting that you said like alcohol kind of stunted, like basically growing up. Mm hmm. And like maturing. Yeah. That's, yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Have you, I, I mean, like, I'm sure you've heard that from other people before, right? Or no? Did I? Just um, no, also- I just heard it from myself. <laughs> this, yeah. This person in, yeah. inside of me. No, actually, no one has really brought that up. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com slash ASGG today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash ASGG. Yeah, Yeah. because, I mean, you, like, I was still, like, experiencing life changes and growing in other ways but like the fact that I was you know consistently binge drinking almost every weekend um starting to hide you know bottles of wine or hide things from friends and certainly from my family um Mm -hmm. and just like not really allowing myself the opportunity to really grow as a person um yeah I definitely it was almost like I mean this is simplifying it way too much but it was almost like I was 18 at 24 because I'd been drinking for the past six years and, Mm. you know, like an emerging adult where a lot of my other friends were starting to like, you know, get more established in their careers, start to like date the people that they would eventually marry. And I, I'm, um, a recovering, uh, people pleaser and comparer. I constantly compare my what I learned, one of the things I learned when I was in, in Alcoholics Anonymous were like certain sayings and pithy like phrases that have stayed with me as cheesy as they are. But like one of the things that, um, that I learned back in the day was like, don't compare your insides to other people's outsides. Cause mm. what we see on the outside, like, Oh, she has such a glamorous life and she's married to like the hottest guy or like he's, you know, CEO of a company who's only 26 or whatever. But like, right. you don't know what's going on in their relationship yes. or in their life or whatever. All we know is how we're feeling on the inside and automatically comparing it to what we see on the outside. And by the way, I still do that now. 
Um, but I'm at least more aware of what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah, aware you have that of emotional my intelligence. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas before I was just doing it. Now I do it, but I know that I'm doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so do you find so, it easier, easier to like, like come back from that? Like now that yeah, you are aware? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, oh, it's this is just bullshit that back. I'm making up. Yeah. Yeah. But it, I think it, it's easier knowing that I'm like doing the behaviors that are, yeah, like it's easier to come back from it. But there are definitely times where I'm still very much stuck in the moment of comparing myself to, you know, like for instance, some of my girlfriends who are married and have kids or, you know, mm -hmm. my brother and sister-in-law who are very successful in their jobs or, um, other sober influencers who have like thousands more followers. And it's like, if they announce something that they're doing, like immediately hundreds and hundreds of people are already like in on it. Whereas like, I feel like I have to toil and toil and toil. Um, but again, I'm just comparing my sort of inner journey with what I'm seeing on the outside and everyone has their own struggles. Everyone is human. Right. Yes. So I think, uh, maturity and sobriety time is sort of like, it's been an equation where I'm like, it's just, it's been slow, but like, I'm, I'm really feeling like I'm starting to grow as a person. <laughs> it's taken a well, while. Well, that's good. When you change your relationship with alcohol, you realize you have so many hours in the day. I love to dedicate my time to skincare, and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria Algae Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean, vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OSEAMalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. Yeah. Well, thank <laughs> God for growing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how how did you come, like, how did the Sobriety Collective kind of come to be? So it came to be basically as a result of me wanting community, me wanting to okay. connect with other people. So where I yeah. was in my sobriety and in my life at that time was um, <clears throat> I was kind of sort of entering a new stage of my sobriety slash recovery. And I had, excuse me, oh, sorry. Um, so in the very beginning, I had like sort of been forced to go to AA. I didn't want to go, but I went for a little bit mm -hmm. just kind of like, be around people. 
And, okay. and then I, then I didn't go for a couple of years. I just wanted to do my own thing. And then I was like, at three years, I was like, I'm really craving community and I want to meet other sober people. And I can't be the only 20 something going through this. Cause like I thought I was, um, yeah. and I met a lot of other yuppies for lack of a better term, um, okay. who looked you know, like me in a way, sounded like me, were happy, they had good jobs, whatever, and they were also sober. So I was like, ooh, I like this. Let me stay for a bit. And so I stayed um, as an active member and really got into it. And it really did help lay a, like a good solid foundation for me um, okay. for about a year and a half. So I stayed for about a year and a half. And then I was like, it's been really good at like giving me a foundation, giving me a life. But I, it was starting to kind of teeter on taking over my life. Like everything was AA. Mm. All the people I hung out with were AA. All the activities I was doing. My dad even noticed it and like questioned me and didn't force me to do anything. He's just like, think about it. Cause I, you know, I'm just noticing this. So I was like, hmm. So okay. I continued going, but I tapered down. And then I got to the point again where I'm like, you know what? I'm in therapy. I'm doing yoga. I'm, you know, exercising. I have like good friends. I'm reading books. And I'm going to AA when I feel like it, you know, I feel like I'm in a better place. And then I just kind of stopped going. And so then I okay. got to the point where like right, sort of right before the birth of the sobriety collective, here I am like sober, definitely in recovery, although not by the standard of like a 12 step program. Right. And I had bettered my life and I wanted to share my story like on a larger scale, but mostly I wanted new friends that were sober that got it because again, most of my friends that I had weren't like, they didn't have the same story as me. They were just quote unquote normies. Like they, they could do with or without alcohol. It wasn't a big deal. So I was like, right. I want to connect with other people. And there have got to be other people out there who also like aren't into 12 steps, like who want alternatives, who want to talk about alternatives, but I just yeah. wasn't seeing them and I wasn't meeting them. So I I started this thing because I wanted to meet other people. I wanted to find community. And I also wanted to say on a bit of a larger scale that it's okay if 12 steps don't work for you or if they are part of your path, but aren't your whole life. Or I just felt like there wasn't enough discourse out there that sort of divorced itself from 12 steps only are the only way it's our way or the highway. You know, like I wanted right. there to be more options. I wanted to provide people with resources. I wanted to discover new resources for myself. I wanted to just like start a community and see what would happen. And um, I've joked about it before. I didn't do much market research before. Like I didn't see what was out there because I was kind of told that like you weren't supposed to talk about recovery online in my prior life. Um, so really? I didn't really know that there were other, yeah, <laughs> <Okay. Yep. laughs> yeah. So I didn't really know that people did that. And, um, and I just started this thing and then I found out that other people did do it. And then I was like, yeah, there's so many other people. And then like, wait, I'm not original, but wait, I am. And so <laughs> thus began the inner dialogue there. Um, but yeah, it just, it's kind of grown from there. And I think the biggest thing that I wanted to do again was like, to link people up with resources, link people up with other people that were doing cool things. Um, and, and, um, show people that it's like, okay to recover your own way or to be sober without calling yourself in recovery or just like have a, you know, like, uh, like kick-ass substance free existence, which like 
<laughs> I would never have thought would be my life. Um, and right. so that was four years, that was four years ago. We just, we just celebrated four years on, um, in July, a four year birthday for the sobriety collective. Wow. I know. Yeah. Congratulations. So that's, like, that's amazing. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and there are times where I'm like really active on my website, like, you know, pushing out those recovery profiles and like updating the resources and writing. And then there are times where I'm like, yeah, it just exists online. And like, you know, that's my like web presence, but like, I don't do anything for months at a time. So I think yeah. in the beginning I was, <laughs> I was on it every day updating something. And then I'm just like, how do people have lives? And like, yeah, so I've had to sort of strike a balance somehow. Yeah, that's exactly how I started um, a sober girl's guide, like out of something that you personally need, and especially yeah. in recovery. Like we can never have too many tools, I think. Agreed. Agreed. Yep. And amen for you saying that. And there is such a, I think there's just such a need, but more importantly, there's like um, an understanding that you can have a wide recovery menu and a wide like sobriety menu and yes um, even if you don't want to call yourself in recovery from anything anymore but like you're in recovery from like other life things I mean there's just like I think anyone is recovering from something just like she recover said everyone's in recovery from something um absolutely but, like, having having a lot of tools in your toolbox like it's super, super important. So that being said, getting all those tools together, how did you partner up with Sandsbar? So the partnership basically began um, right when they started out. Like their very mm -hmm. first pop up um, was in December of 2017. And the funny thing is, is that I was in Austin in December of 2017 for a different reason. Mm -hmm. And we were off by a week. Like I was there for a different reason. And then I just wasn't able to go to the first Sandsbar pop-up because of timing. But mm -hmm. I was such a huge proponent and like supporter of the idea of like having a sober social nightlife space that wasn't necessarily a recovery thing. It was like open to multiple sobriety paths and recovery paths and if yep. someone just wanted a night off from drinking. And so I was like a big, big supporter of that. Cool. And um, I asked Chris a few months, you know, into like our friendship, if, if I could cover, you know, if I could feature his story on my blog. Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah, totally. I'm honored. And the first media outlet to cover his story and to cover, um, you know, what he was doing with Sandsbar. And mm -hmm. since that story or since his feature posted, he was able to connect with other people like, um, Marnie Ray up in Seattle, who, who's been doing a lot of like elegant, um, booze free beverages and mock, she started like National Mocktail Week. Um, and, and so yeah, he's made some connections from that. And so we've just become friends. Um, and then he announced, you know, he told me that he was doing this pop up tour and would I like to be involved in DC? And I was like, not only would I like to be involved in DC, I will do it. <laughs> yeah or at least be you know the head person so that's kind of how it happened um great and I went yeah I I went to Sandsbar the original location a couple of times since that whole um friendship started so it's I think he's doing an amazing amazing thing and um it's just part of the larger conversation and the larger dialogue 
that we're all having in that like you can have fun and like it's like daybreaker um, yeah it does these like early morning dance parties and yoga parties but like not everyone's a morning person some of yeah. us want to do that kind of thing at night and that's yeah. the really cool thing about sans bar is that it's like listen bar is doing it in manhattan um mm-hmm. which is really cool and a lot of um a lot of restaurants and bars are starting to offer like really kind of complex beautiful alcohol-free options on menus which is like really fantastic and satisfying to see that they're listening to people and then of course yeah. ruby warrington like one of my goddesses and the whole like sober curious movement which is really cool and i think um you know it's, it's an interesting one but i'm all about it like if someone wants to try on sobriety and see what it feels like and if it ends up feeling good and starts them on a wellness path for you know, the rest of their life or whatever. I mean, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to turn down someone if they want to just, you know, try it on for a little bit. Yeah. I love that. I love the options. There's options so are options. a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. There's a full and that's spectrum, like, a sobriety spectrum. Absolutely. And that's like the beauty. Like, that's how I look at the internet and like social media and stuff like that. Like, it's just options. Like, I have the option to see, to hear to learn anything I want in 2019. Mm-hmm. Like that's incredible. Yeah, totally. And right at the, at my fingertips, like I don't have to wait or, you know, wait for something in the mail. Like it is instant. I can, you know, connect with someone. I can like watch a video. I can learn a skill like that is amazing and so powerful. And I think when we think of the internet like coming from that place and like using i use the internet as my bitch just gonna say it i'm <laughs> yeah. making my bitch what i, I want to hear boss <laughs> yeah what i want to hear what i want to see what i want to like learn i do it and it's just as simple yeah. as that yeah <laughs> um one but last yeah, question I mean, it really, yeah <laughs> <laughs> one last i know we're like a little running low on time um, if, what would be your piece of advice to anyone listening to this podcast right now, either thinking about getting, you know, jumping in, trying on sobriety or has been sober for a while and is struggling, what mm-hmm. kind of piece of advice would you give that person? What I would say to that person is that one, be gentle with yourself. Don't judge yourself mm-hmm. so harshly for whatever it is that you're going through, because I can guarantee that. I'm a human and I feel things too. So you are not alone. I think one of the the biggest things is like feeling isolated as someone who's going through something. There are people out there. So the second thing, which kind of ties into that is, and I didn't have any of this prepared, by the way, I didn't, but um, because I feel so strongly about this is the other thing is that because where we are, where we are mm-hmm. in the internet age, um, there is just... There is so much out there and you can have a wide recovery menu or you can try on different things that may work for you at some point in your life, but not in other parts of your life. You can listen to podcasts. You can, there's like an amazing Instagram community, which of course, you know, Jessica, but you know, there's an amazing sober Instagram community. There are, um, meetup groups that are just alcohol free or more like health conscious. Um, you can join book clubs that don't actually revolve around alcohol. Um, yes. take yoga classes. Don't underestimate the, the power of having a therapist or 
a counselor or someone um, whose advice that you trust and could be like a, a neutral third party, read a lot of books. Like just, I, I think the biggest advice is that you're not alone. Um, there are options out there. There are people out there and your story matters and your story may actually help someone else. So um, yeah. I think there's just, there's a lot of like beauty out there and, and a lot of, stories that can appeal to many different people and i would just say like you're not alone here here well said thank you so much thank you so much laura for sharing your story and sharing about the sobriety collective and i'm so excited for you and sands bar and that's happening oh, i know this saturday, saturday. may yeah. 4th may the 4th be with you i know yeah, yeah Close to 50 tickets sold, which I think is pretty Great. awesome. Um, yeah. You've got to start somewhere when it's the first ever, you know, when it, when any anytime something's an inaugural event, you've got to start somewhere. So I, I'm exactly. excited. Well, you guys yeah. are killing it, and I'm so excited for you. Thank you. Um, and thank you, you so much for, for your story. I really appreciate it. How great is Laura? Remember, if you're in the D.C. area and want to hang out with sober, like-minded peeps, this Saturday, May the 4th, check out Sands Bar in D.C. We have a link on our events page at asobergirlsguide.com, and you can actually access it from Instagram as well. So are you ready to make the internet your bitch? Seriously, you want some fun, positive content coming your way? Well, then all you have to do is follow A Sober Girl's Guide on Instagram and Facebook. How easy is that? Don't forget, we love hearing from you. Love your comments, feedbacks, and subscribe to our podcast. Love to hear what you guys have to say. If you want to be instantly reposted, take a screenshot of when you're listening to the podcast and send it on over. Tag us at A Sober Girl's Guide and we will repost it right away. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. Couldn't do this without you. Have a great day.